Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. That was incredible. And Paul Rindo. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Do the show, bitch. All right, my friends, we are halfway home on a Tuesday. Ben and Woods, 97.3, the fan. Appreciate you being here very much. I know it's a bit grindy sometimes in the off season. We will try to have some fun, you know, be playful and lighthearted. But it is. It's grindy. A lot of speculation. A lot of people, It's. I've said it many times, there's no sport where people think they know the right thing to do more so than baseball. It just is standard. Every, I, I know how to manage a bullpen better than Bob Melvin. I know not to hit him there. Like, all right. It just it's this is the talking sport. That's what it is. It's the great thing about baseball. Sometimes it's it a well, great thing. <laughs> Sometimes it's I, not. I know what you're saying, yeah. but to me it makes it the most relatable of the sports. Yeah, Football is always it's so far impenetrable. Over. Yeah, no no in question. In many ways. No question about I, it. I enjoy the athleticism yes. and you know, it's a spectacle, and it, there's a reason it's the most popular sport. But honestly, you know, what the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator do, sometimes people will say, oh, that was a terrible play call that the offensive yeah. coordinator made. But you, you never really complain about the defensive coordinator. Oh, he should have had the. He should have had the the three four going instead of the four three. Right. The only thing you ever see from the layman is I don't know why you run prevent defense there. That's about it. Prevents yeah. you from winning. It's the only it's standard. <laughs> you see it a few times every Sunday. Why are we Why are we in two slot nickel high over the? And I'm like, cool. What was that? <laughs> like I just. But baseball, everybody knows. Everybody driving on their car goes, man, give me a shot. Give me the key. I can manage this team. Everybody thinks they could do it. Problem is when you if you they did say you know what you're the manager, Bill. Come on down. You would absolutely soil soil yourself in the first day of spring training. There, it is I mean, so detailed. It's it, it is harder than I'm sure you think. But it's also the sport where you really could see a scenario where a guy who doesn't know what he's doing, if he has better players, would you rather have a team of all stars with a manager who has no clue what he's doing, or a basically Didn't we just do that a team? No, of, I mean Bob knew what he was doing. Yeah, or a team of uh, you know nobodies with the greatest manager in history. I, I don't. I mean, I want better. I always want you always the best want players. the better players. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's more important than a great coach. In, I mean, it, you know, bullpen management is is something that would keep me up at night. We've talked about it a million times. Um, I think what the average fan, myself included, does not know 
is what the manager knows and what the pitching coach knows and what the bullpen coach knows. Hey, he can't go today. Like his knee is tweaked. He, he can't go. I know he didn't throw yesterday. Those are the things that, you know, why didn't you go to him in the seventh? You know, he's been great against these guys. And it just, there's so much that goes into it. And it, it's for as slow of a game as it can be. Pretty, it speeds up really quickly when you're down there, I would imagine. Uh, but anyway, thanks for being here. That's what we do in the offseason. We, we speculate a lot. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, executive producer, and Benjamin Higgins. Let's go out to the phones. We yeah, we're speculating calling. on the next manager of the San Diego Padres. Seems like everybody's got a thought. Let's go to uh, Ruben. You're next up here at 833-288-0973. Hello, Ruben. Hey, guys. You're my favorite program in the morning. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you, I would have loved to see Benji Hill directing the uh, the Padres. Okay, still a possibility. He's from the area here. Yeah, he's from the area. I know him personally, one or twice, two times. We were having some tequilas, and he's a cool guy. <laughs> he has a character. Yeah, he's a cool guy, and he can direct the Padres. If you give him the chance to, you know, to manage the Padres, I believe he can. Awesome. He has the capacity. Also, um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this clip on one uh, TV program, but he was interviewed, and he was telling all the people, if I get the chance to, to manage the Padres, I can get Randy Arosarena with me. And he was sitting next to him. <laughs> and, and Yeah, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, it's time to let go Trent Grisham and put Randy Arosarena on the center field. I would not, not? be mad I mean, at Randy Rosarena. Sign, sign me up. For I don't that. think it necessarily the Rays will have something to say about that. Yeah, but I'd say so. uh, I did hear that as well. That you know they had a good relationship from their time Team Mexico together. I, um, you know, we we give a lot of credence to he's got local ties and we do went to Castle Park High School. No one more guilty than you. By no, the way, no, no, and and, <laughs> and and it don't make that don't put that on us. <laughs> it makes you feel good about someone, but it, it really has no bearing on whether or not they're going to be successful. Not successful, but there the is, there is something about you know. Hey, I think it absolutely leads to buy-in. It, there's there's a there's a want from to, fans. Well, and the manager sure. too. If you grew up, if you grew up here. If you went to manage the the Miami Marlins, you don't have any connection to Miami. You don't like you want to win games, right? Because it's good for your ego and it's good for your career. But there's not a longing inside of you to bring another championship back to Miami before the city. Benji Gill grew up here, knows the ups and downs of this this organization, the many many downs of this organization. And there is something I would imagine. like Joe. Joe I was gonna bring Joe, up Joe always talks about how he plays, you know, for the city. And Joe Musgrove won a World Series, but I feel like you know the the no hitter, the success he's had here in San Diego that means more. Yeah, to of him. course, because it's his hometown team. Not now, more it than does, World Series, doesn't make but... he, doesn't make him a great manager because he's got San Diego ties. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't make him but a great manager. he's playing for that name on the front. But he is definitely riding but harder. I've, I've heard the opposite many, many times when a guy just says, too hard to do it in my home city. You know, for it's sure. too emotional. I need that detachment of being a hired gun somewhere else to really perform at my best. So it, it works differently for different people. But for a manager to come in, I mean, the players, most of the players, other than Joe, they're not from San Diego. Correct. That's I don't think they're going to give him any extra credibility because he went to they're, Castle Park High School. They're definitely not. I'm talking about him personally, like himself, saying, 
this is really important to the city, and I know how important it, it is because I grew up It's here. a better story if he does well, Oh yeah, but I don't think it actually helps him do any no, better. I don't think it does. It does not make him one, doesn't net him one more win. No. At all. That's what I'm saying. But it is a good it is a good story. It's a story. better story if he does well. Yeah. It's a great story. Absolutely it's a great story, but it doesn't give you any inherent advantage. Oh, I'll be a better manager for the Padres because I grew up here than I would be of sure. the twins. Right. Don't think that that qualifies. No, I just I view it as an extra bonus. It's not really playing a factor Correct. in my decision making if I'm AJ Preller. I think he would be a great fit because I think it's something different. I think he would change things up, switch up the culture, etc. It's just a bonus that he's also from here, yeah, and he it's gonna mean it's gonna mean something. To yeah, him. for sure. Let's go to uh, Richard. You're next up on Ben and Woods. Good morning, Richard. You guys got me. Yeah, I got, got you. you a little, little quiet, but you're there. All right, I'm gonna go way out of the box. How about Fernando Tatis Senior? I've heard that as well, man. I've heard that as well. Not that they're looking at him, but I, I have not. I have seen a couple of tweets that said. Why not at this point? I mean, that's the definition of daddy ball, but in his case, that guy knows what he's doing. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr., who had a monster, monster MVP-type season, credited the work he put in with Fernando Tatis Jr., or Sr. Uh, in the offseason for helping him get to where he needed to be. Has managerial experience yeah, in yep. the Dominican. And I, 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 I'm... Be weird, man. I mean, it's happened before. People have managed their kids before. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying no to that. Certainly. I think that the opposite is true. We just talked about the little added bonus you get. To me, becoming the manager with your son as the star, one of the star players on the team, inherently puts you at a bit of a disadvantage well, going into the job. Go ahead and ask me about it because I do it every Sunday. That's Fire true. Away. You do. Yeah. yeah. You have to away. manage Bo Woods. Don't, I hit the ball do you, way harder at him than I do, do you anybody feel like, else. Yeah, but don't don't you feel like there's always a little bit of extra eyeballs on every decision that you make involving Bo? No, because it's T-Bowl. Yeah, we don't even keep score. But everything that, <laughs> that Fernando Tetti Sr. would do that involves playing – Fernando Tatis Jr. would come with extra scrutiny. He's already managed him. He's managing him in the the, yeah, the, but the no. Dominican leagues, and I'm not saying no to that idea. It's a definitely out of the box idea, but I'm not saying no to it. I think you know you look at uh, AJ's leaving no stone unturned. So he, he I also think at this point in the process, though, if that was even an option, probably would have heard something about it. I, right I now. think so too. You'd also I mean, have a manager who once hit two grand slams in one inning. Don't get out. Don't know if you guys. Yeah. Knew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other names like that, like Moises Liu is in the Padres system, like in their front office. They have a lot of guys that played the game in their front office. A lot of a good little Steve Finley's on the front. Good brain trust, yeah. Good brain um, trust there. Hmm. I just don't know. I think we would have heard something by now. Let's um, keep going. Let's go to Bob. Welcome, Bob. You're on Ben and Woods on ninety-seven three. Hey, the Bob. fan. Hey, good morning, guys. So I actually. Uh, I had a change of heart listening to Ruben's call. So um, the tequila yeah, got you got you over the top. <laughs> well, you know, I do think he has. Uh, like Woodsy said, you know, it's for a lot of people they don't want to come back. You know, profits not. Yeah, you know, Ben said that, but yeah, I agree with him. Right, but if he's, you know, for him that may just be an added incentive. So maybe that means he has to suck it up and deal with Preller. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it matters. Because, uh, I mean, Preller's the reason we didn't have we don't have 
the best coach that ever lived with Boach. I mean, Boach didn't come here because people said, don't go there, it's Preller. So I think we're going to be on this merry-go-round to hell and as long as AJ is here. Just... Maybe my I, we needed a new T-shirt idea uh, for Ben and Woods. I, that made... Technically, a merry-go-round doesn't go anywhere, though. It just it's in hell. The merry-go-round in hell. <laughs> it's, it's not too anywhere. Yeah, it's no, just... it's good. Just keeps going around and around. The merry-go-round in I hell. I guess I I have to believe. Take that a look around, Yellen. We're at the threshold, the threshold of, of hell. You you can point it at AJ's record. We've done that over the last ten years. But we do know it's possible for the Padres to at least reach a National League Championship Series with AJ Preller as general manager. Yes, it's not impossible. So as a fan, I have to now at least embrace the possibility that the Padres could do good things still with A.J. Preller as general manager. What are your alternatives? Exactly. None. So with that here's being your, said, here's your soup. I would it. like them to hire the best possible manager that will work for A.J. You know, Now, we've never heard Bruce Bochy say directly that I, there's no way I would work for A.J. Preller. It's certainly been implied that that was part of it, that talking him out of retirement was going to require the perfect situation. I'm sure there are also about 26 other teams that he wasn't interested in going to manage. So you can't just put it on A.J. Preller and say, I, you know, Boach was not going to come here because of A.J. Otherwise, he would have loved, loved to be back in San Diego. He was looking for a perfect situation, found one he liked, worked out for him. I'm happy for Boach. I still think there's someone out there that could help the Padres be successful next season. Yep, as do I. And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to take a lot of buy-in. It's going to take the right person for the job. But, you know, at the end of the day, the players got to play. They got to go out and execute. And A.J., A.J. has to, more importantly than finding a manager, A.J.'s got to restock this team, Ben. Uh, as it stands today, you know, we're a 70-win club uh, if you look at our pitching staff right now. So that's, that's you get a manager, yeah, absolutely start working on all the things you need to work on, but you got to restock this club, man. you got to figure out who's going to be your starting seven next year because, uh, as we know, it takes more than five to get the job done. So that's that's obviously priority number one, but you got to just check this box and get, get moving. Get moving. Uh, um, yeah, and Adam uh, texted us and said, you know, if they had wanted Mike Schilt, if they wanted to hire Mike Schilt, if Mike Schilt was the guy, do you think if you're Mike Schilt, the longer this drags out and you hear now they're interviewing David Ross, are you the right person for the job? I think you make the same argument for Flaherty as well. They're both in house. They're, they're both, both in right house. There. You, I know that you know them well. There's due diligence that needs to be involved. You have to interview. You know a certain number. Of, you have to post the job, right? And I, gotta, I, I don't think that it. that's actually relevant here. Not not that Adam doesn't have some good ideas, but I disagree with him a hundred percent. Oh, is that him? Yeah, he's there just he standing is. right behind Bad you. Idea, Adam. Bad idea. Bad, Bad idea. I think <laughs> if you're gonna hire Mike Schilt, you want to make it look. Like, you've done as much due diligence as possible before you make that hire, as opposed to, oh, he's already here. We could do this in five minutes. Yeah, five like, minutes. He's the manager. Then you open yourself up to, did you talk to anybody else? Honestly, did you, even I kinda, add, did you actually honestly consider anybody else for the job before you hired Mike Schild? Or I thought that's did, how it was going to go. Did you go through everybody, and then you finally went, you know what? I talked to a lot of people, but we ended up back where we started, and we think Mike Schilt really is the best guy for the job. Sure. I actually thought it would take the longest to hire Mike Schilt than anybody else. Hired- Rookie manager Ryan Flaherty two weeks ago without talking to really anybody Bad else. Luck. Bad that luck. That wouldn't have been great. Bad luck. Good point. Good point. All right, let's take a timeout. Yeah, um, Adam. 
Dummy. <laughs> Boo! Let, Boo! Let's take Boo! a time. I want to talk a little more about AJ Preller as well. Phone lines are still open. 833-288-0973. Get to some more college hoops. Steve Fisher going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Coach! I know what the, the, the criticisms are of AJ Preller. They, we have talked about them a lot. We have heard from fans about them a lot. The merry-go-round in hell. Yeah. Morning, guys. But Morning. what... What specifically baseball-wise do you think he's doing wrong? Not just culture, like, oh, he, you know, we don't like the culture, we don't like how he's interacted with the manager. What is it, is there a baseball philosophy that A.J. needs to change for the Padres to be successful? It's interesting. Yeah, let's get to some uh, some more talk after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Intriguing question that I asked before the break, and I don't know the answer to it, which is, I guess, why it's kind of an intriguing question but i said what what is the baseball philosophy if you disagree with aj preller if you don't think he's the right guy as the general manager if it's more than just like eh, he had a bad relationship with bob i don't like the culture of, of the padres but what is the baseball philosophy of aj preller i think it's hard to kind of put a finger on that we know you know 
big drafting and international scouting guy, going to go to the ends of the earth to try to find talent and put it on there, put it in a team. It's great if if it works. You know, it's great that you have somebody willing to put in that much work to go out there and get the job done, you know, and, and that, that big international class that he signed years ago, a lot of money, record-setting money, has just not netted anything of value at all. You I've know, heard, and that's tough. I've heard some fans say, oh, I, I hate the analytics of the game. If you're calling A.J. Preller too analytical, I don't think you're following Padres baseball closely enough. If anything, the Padres are probably on the bottom end of the curve when yeah, it comes to using yeah, Somewhere in the middle, middle. though, they're not... They're not trendsetters when it comes to advanced analytics. They're nope. not heading their sand. Uh, they were. Think, they, think about a week or two ago when we had Kyle Bodie on. Kyle Bodie yep. told us, hey, at, line. at the beginning, yes, uh, making some, some really good... Potters are at the forefront of the analytics. Some, some waves, I think, and then it just kind of... Everybody else caught up, catch up, and they kind of slowed down. I think down. one thing that AJ clearly believes in is try to be strong up the middle. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, you know, it, I, now he's had... Mixed success when it comes to that. He acquires every shortstop you can find, and you know there's some there's some argument in favor of that. But but Trent Grisham has defensively been terrific, but offensively has not been the strong performer that I think the Padres were hoping for. Hassan Kim was a great signing, as it's turned out no to doubt. be. Behind the plate, he hasn't really gotten it right. That's been a struggle as well at catcher. So you know he's only kind of batting. 500 on his up-the-middle picks over the last few years, but he clearly believes in up-the-middle. I mean, that's one of the things that you can definitely say about A.J. Preller. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I uh, was, was reminded of an article uh, that I think it was Ryan Phillips, our pal from the Big Lead, wrote. Uh, yeah, it was uh, in August of this year that the San Diego Padres need to change. Look, when you go big at, a, at the table, you can lose big. And you can also win big, and he has won big, and he's hit on a lot of trades. Uh, some have not been great, but he's always willing to at least explore it. You know, sometimes for the betterment of the club, sometimes to the detriment of the club, which, is, by the way, is how it works. You're not going to hit on 100% of them. Um, I've always been a proponent, Ben, of try to get the best players in here, right? Spend money, get the best players. If your prospects are, are years behind or you just don't think you can develop them uh, to what you want them to be and you can trade them for Major League Ready Talent, you should do that. And they've done that. And that's how they got Blake Snell. And that's how they got Joe Musgrove and, and all kinds of guys. That you Darvish trade was a steal from A.J. Peller. He has done good things. There is no question about it. Um, last year was a little bit different for him in that <clears throat> in in all of our eyes he made some I think unnecessary decisions. The 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 Jake Cronenworth deal was unnecessary at the time. The Xander Bogart's deal felt unnecessary at the time. Felt Matt like Carpenter. Matt Carpenter felt like felt like I want to make a I want to make a splash. I'm not leaving here until I make a splash. I'm just telling you how it the perception of that is. Um because, again, you've got a guy that just won a gold glove for utility position, could have played shortstop for you all year. and, and That a, narrative comes, like, the, I'm not leaving these winter meetings without something. That comes from those reports that he offered $400 million to, to judge Trey and, Turner and, 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 and Judge. And like, Turner, are yeah. we really saying, though, that, that we want a GM that does less? Just do less, AJ. You know, you, you had a good team. Like, and is, that, is that what we're looking for? I, I, de- define do less. Like, do you want him to 
make more trades? Do you want him to trade Merrill for controllable starting pitching this year? Do you want him to trade Marcy and and Salas and all of the prospects that are coming up? Does, is our window pushed back a couple of years? These are all the things. Look, it, this is his job to figure out. It's not my job. It's my job to speculate on it. And yeah, but in, in some ways you would have liked him to have been more patient with some of the Padres that he traded away. But I don't know. I mean, how many are you really regretting? How I, many of those deals are you truly regretting? Matt Brash. The the, the Seattle Matt Brash, deal the, was, terrible. was terrible. You're gonna you're gonna have those. Those deadline deals have been have, have been bad. He's been bad. He's definitely gone chasing that brass ring at the because we all wanted him to go yeah. chase that brass ring at the trade deadline. And Juan Soto was a pretty good pickup at the deadline. Yeah, <laughs> but he gave up a ton sure. to get him. And if he leaves, you know that's that's. That's your legacy. You let Juan Soto get away, which sucks, and you trade a lot of pieces. I, th- for I think him. the biggest criticism, the f- biggest fair criticism of AJ Preller is his his deadline trades have not done what you'd hoped they would do. Honestly, I think even Juan Soto as a deadline trade wasn't the greatest pickup there for the end of the 2022 season. It ended up working out, and they got to the NLCS. But we're not critiquing that, right? That was a good move. You got Juan Soto. You got Juan Soto. I think. I think the international one for me is is big. You know, I mean, just you, you can't count on. There's not. You had nothing really. Michelle Baez, Adrian Morhone. Again, Adrian's mentioned every single uh, off season as a potential uh, rotation piece. I, I hate to be a jerk, man, but I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I'll believe it when I see that guy go out and throw just 120 innings, <laughs> much less 150. You know, I, I think. You know, there is a, a, a spot for him, but I mean at some point that money needs to pay off and it, it just hasn't at this point. So I think that's a that's a knock against him. I love that he's able to rebuild the farm system and, and have guys, you know, like Marcy and Pauly and, and Salas and, and guys like that that everybody are t- talking about. But when are they ready? The Snellings, the Lescos, yes, great, great to have those. You know, when is that going to pay off at the big league level? Could happen this year if you trade some of them for for players that are ready to compete now. I don't necessarily want that to happen. Um, I guess it would be dependent on who you got. So I I just think, you know, I've seen a lot of defenders. I've seen a lot of critics. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. You know, I do because I cannot take away from him that, that some of the really, really brilliant and astute moves that he has made. You know, and you can hang your hat on Fernando Tatis Jr. for a long time. Point, you're going to need some help. You know, you need some help from some other guys coming up through your system to say, I scouted him, I drafted him, I developed him, he's a Padre, and he's an all-star. You know, an Evan Phillips, or Evan Carter? What am I? Uh, the Rangers? Yeah, Carter. Carter. Yeah. yeah, Evan Carter type, you know. Um, I, I just think at some point some of these guys got to hit at the big league level. They cause, do. Because you look at, at our roster But now, if everyone was simply overhyped and overrated – other GMs wouldn't covet AJ Preller's players the way that they do, and they do. I mean, he wouldn't be able to pull off trades for guys like Juan Soto if they truly thought oh, AJ Preller's players they all they all stink in the minor leagues. They may be ranked high, but we're not going to do that. They don't. They actually believe in what they're seeing as well in those Padres in the minor leagues. So they're willing to make those deals. They see that. They believe in AJ's. You know, ability to bring in young talent. It's an interesting point here by Dale. He says, "I think 
the problem is, his criticism of him, he, do, he doesn't understand chemistry or human emotions, can't treat people like they're chess pieces. When Fran Mill was traded, it took the air out of the team. When France, a local boy, was traded, we lost a hometown guy. Chemistry matters. Yeah, I mean, there is an element of fantasy baseball. Now, from our perspective, we're like, yes, who are we getting now? You know, like, ooh, we got so-and-so. Hopefully he's great. They rarely have been. They rarely have been at the deadline, Ben. You, there's a, the litany of, of players that have come in here and gotten worse. Now, is that on A.G. Preller or is that on... The Padres is an organization, but wouldn't that then, in fact, be on AJ Preller, right? So, um, yeah, man, he's he's in the he's in the chamber a little bit right now. I, maybe not. Man, I think he's just got his head down, focused on what he needs to do. Hire a manager, fill the 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 open slots on this team. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see it work, man. I'd love to see it all hit at the same time. It just feels feels a little bit uh, feels a little bit dicey right now. Well, if you're looking for a uh, uh, an organization, a team that's been doing things the right way, uh, look no further than San Diego State basketball. Ryan Dutcher's team off to a one and zero start after a win last night. But the person who established the program, who has set us up for some success and a legacy here in San Diego, is of course. Steve Fisher, uh, the legend, will join us coming up next to talk a little San Diego State hoops with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. They say banners hang forever, and we went through the scenarios: earthquake and and you know yeah. theft, zombie in, in apocalypse. Which they, yeah, they do come down occasionally, but sure. for the most part, it's true. Banners hang forever, and they hoisted one to the rafters—three actually—but the big one, the final four banner last night at Viejas Arena. What a 
What an atmosphere last night as the Aztecs opened their season against Cal State Fullerton with an 83-57 win. We're going to check traffic, and then when we come back, we'll talk with the uh, architect of San Diego State's Hoops program. Legendary coach Steve Fisher will join us next here on 97.3 The Fan. And as we bring Coach Fisher on here with Ben and Woods, uh, first thing I have to say is it was great to see you, Coach, uh, a couple of Sundays ago at the ALS Walk in Mission Bay. That was a terrific event, and uh, it's so great to see how many people are supporting and still striving for that cure and supporting everyone, including your son, Mark. That was a, that was a really good day. It sure was, Ben, and thank you for being there. Uh, record crowd, record uh revenue so it was a win-win for so many people uh great to see so many folks out there representing families friends people that live and are living with uh, als and as you said we want to find a cure and find it sooner rather than later it's so awesome to uh catch up with you coach um obviously last night you know a lot of a lot of emotions the team played I mean, we, we talked about the, the start of the game, and it was like you couldn't have drawn it up any better. 14 nothing, you know, brick wall defense. I, I just want, if you could speak about Coach Dutcher, having those guys ready to play last night after what was such an amazingly long, fruitful run for the Aztecs uh, last season. Anytime you open a season, there's that anticipation, excitement, sometimes extra energy that can kind of hold you back a little bit. And I think what Coach Dutcher and his staff were able to do with their players were contain it, allow them to savor, enjoy the, the moment, and reflect back on what they accomplished. And it was an incredible feat. And then move on and do what you're supposed to do, play a game, play our opening game. And, uh, they were out of the gate phenomenal, jumped out the 13, 14 and nothing lead. And I think some fans thought we might shut them out for a half, but that, that <laughs> didn't like happen. It. <laughs> and, but it, it was a, it was a good, it was a good beginning. And I think showed uh, potential new players are going to have to step up and help, uh, but we're going to have a very, very good team. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Coach, just you know, every team is a little bit different, and even though there are familiar faces, the mix seems different this year. What were some of your your first impressions, at knowing that the things will evolve as the season goes along, but what you saw last night that, um, that you liked and, and maybe that you think that the team could do better at? Our staple, once again, will be our defense. Uh, our defense will create offense, and I think you'll see us go on stretches where we go on 10, 12 to nothing runs on folks because of how well and effectively we can guard. Um, that will continue to be the forefront. We're going to miss uh, that veteran group of guys that left, and I think people will appreciate as the season goes on what Nathan Mensa brought to the team with his defensive shot-blocking intimidation as well as the ability as the ability to switch off and guard any man from the point guard to the to the post player. So, you know, that'll be different. We don't have that shot blocker, but we're gonna have to keep people in front of us a little bit more, not let them get to the rim quite as easily. But I like our team. Uh we need to uh get Darian Tramel back. I think if this had been uh, a game to win a conference championship he probably would have played. So He's close to being back. 
So, you know, we'll be led by the veteran group of guys, uh, Damien and Lamont at the guard, Micah Parrish and uh, Jaden uh, Ledee. You saw a glimpse of what he's going to be. He'll he, be he looked like a star last night. I hate to overreact to one game, but, I mean, he looked – Phenomenal. The way he was taking it to the hoop and drawing fouls, that, that seemed like someone who could be a, a conference player of the year type candidate. Yeah, he, he will be. He's going to get a lot of touches. And I think as it goes on, uh, we'll find ourselves, if we go three possessions without a basket, we'll make sure that Jaden gets a touch and gets a touch in the low post and he'll either get a basket, get fouled, get to the free throw line and shoot two free throws. Talking to the uh, legendary coach of the Aztecs, Steve Fisher, here on Ben and Woods this morning. And, uh, Coach, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the local ball club here, the baseball team, and we talk about culture. We talk about team building, right, Build, actually building a team that can go out and, and compete. And, you know, I think there are certain aspects where the Padres have fallen short in that department. Um, culture is, is often mentioned. Now, that's in no short supply over at San Diego State, Coach, with the culture that Brian Dutcher has established in in what is a different game now than even when you when you coached, right? The NIL money for, for players, he recruits a certain type of players, they all buy in. I, I guess I'm asking you, Coach, how does one do that? How 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 can can the local ball club learn from what the Aztecs do as far as building a culture? I think Coach Dutcher put it perfectly this is 24 years in the making and i think that continuity consistency familiar faces for those that have been here and gone and now come back to watch you saw jamal franklin sitting on the front row um he wants to be back he's he he knows the coaches are, are are those that coached him so i think that's a huge piece to the puzzle and then you know, you, if you're going to complain about all the things that, that people say are wrong about uh, college sports, you shouldn't be in the business. You have to ad- adjust, adapt, do your own strategy in terms of how you uh, how you implement it. And we've done that to, I think, uh, a really, really good point. The NIL is here, and uh, we're participants, and we need to be able to continue to do that uh, to grow the program, but it's not just about how much money can I get. Uh, you know, players want to win. Players want to be be taught. Players want to get better. Players want to be in an environment like you saw last night. So all those things wrap up into what San Diego State basketball has. Interesting that you mentioned the Padres. Joe Musgrove, who's become a friend. Uh, was at the game last night. And I sat and talked with him. We had our little grandson, Max, go over and take a picture with him. Uh, he was excited to watch this tip-off. And, you know, he's also excited about his season to come, and we'll all wait to see who the manager will be. Coach, when it comes to the, the NIL we were just talking about, um, well, you know, obviously San Diego State's not going to be on the level of a, a, a Duke or some of the other programs in terms of the money that they can raise. Saw Keisha Johnson left for Arizona reportedly for, uh, you know, six figures of, of NIL money. And, and the Aztecs are working on it with the, the Mesa Foundation and, and, um, you know, what's going on right now. I'd imagine having a legendary ex coach that they probably, are asking a lot of you in terms of, you know, having some conversations and shaking some hands and going to some events and things like that to try to help with the uh, the NIL fundraising. 
I told everybody when I when I turned over the reins to Coach Dusher that I'm here to help in any way, shape, or form possible. I don't know that I have a title. I call myself a utility man. I do a little bit of everything for anybody that needs assistance, and uh, I take great pride in that. I have a immense amount of love and respect for San Diego State University, the basketball program, the city, and I want to continue to be a part of it. So anything that, that they ask me to do, I'm going to try to do to, to assist in any way possible without getting in the way. See, I, I can tell that, uh, you know, they ask him a few times, can you uh, help us out a little bit? And uh, things are going really well. Just looking ahead, uh, BYU is the next game in Provo. Uh, I know you had your struggles going up there uh, a few times. It's not been the happiest of houses for the Aztecs over the years. Any thoughts on uh, on the upcoming matchup later this week? I'll, with great anxiousness and excitement, watch it. We're going to go over to Mark's house. He turns 45 on Friday night. It'll be a good birthday present for him. So uh, it's tough to win anywhere on the road. And it's tougher when you go to altitude against uh, a good basketball program, and that's what BYU is. Uh, I haven't watched much film on them. They had it on the locker room prior to our game last night. So our coaches will be prepared. Our players will be prepared. And I believe we'll go up and uh, play really, really good basketball, and uh, hopefully that will lend itself to a victory. Coach, great catching up with you as always. Uh, go Aztecs, and it should be another fun season. Thank you. Appreciate being on with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Coach. And there he is, Coach Steve Fisher, uh, always giving some uh, good thoughts on San Diego State basketball. And yeah, it was. I think the newsworthy item from that interview was. Coach saying that Darion Trammell, you know, had it been a conference tournament game or something like that, probably would have played, which makes me at least think there's a good chance you could see him at least on Friday, and if not then, maybe next week at the latest. The Aztecs have Woods one of the, if not the, depending on what metrics you use, toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Even the teams that are kind of the the easier games, like Cal State Fullerton's not a not a bad team, maybe right. not a huge name, but they uh, they've won twenty games last year. They've gotten to their conference final, I think, four of the last five years. They are dangerous opponents, and they've got BYU on the road. Obviously, Gonzaga on the road. They got St. Mary's in that tournament in Las Vegas. Stanford is a top, you know, tournament quality team that they're going to play. They got Cal that's got a new coach, Mark Madsen. And they're going to play them on a neutral site game. This is a challenging challenging schedule that Ryan Dutcher has set up for his team. Yeah, the anti-Michigan, right? Michigan football. That's that's it. But these, even those losses, Ben, are, they're not going to murder yeah, they're, you. But you they're, know not gonna I mean? they're not going to win every game. They're not going to win every game. Right. This, is, this is not one of those seasons where they go, what was it, the year they started out 26-0 and or something? And it, this is not going to be one of those. If they go, you know, Ten and four in non-conference play. That's, that's going to be good. that's going to be a nice resume building non-conference schedule. So there are some losses coming for San Diego State basketball. Don't panic when that happens. They're going to. They're, they're challenging panic. themselves with a really tough schedule. I never saw anybody get dragged harder than you last year. And and telling people you you actually believed a lot in the Aztecs last year and would get dragged on a daily basis. And you know when that team made the made the final four. Well, victory lap well deserved because I, I I know you watched every second of every game last year and I know you believed in that team and and 
Um, it, it, this year is, is they're going to panic, though. That's what fans do. They panic. It's tough coming off, just like the Padres last year. When you have success and then there's that uncertainty of whether you can duplicate it, the fan base especially, going to panic a little bit. Yeah, it's why no one, I will never believe anyone when they say, I just want one ring. Just one, and then I can die happy. I don't believe you, because the next year you will be like, how do we do that again? I'm, it's, it's dopamine. You know, you want that dopamine again and of raising the, the trophy or the banner or whatever it may be. I mean, it's more, because I'm one of those people. I've said that before. Yeah, but I, but I don't believe you. You got to get the first one. I need at least one. <laughs> of course. I need one before I die. But the next year. Not one and one only, but I, I need one. If they gutted the team or something, you'll be like, this is. Or, you know, like the Phillies. I mean, Phillies fans are, they're in it, man. World Series last year, get knocked out this year. And, you know, they're going, oh my God, how do we get? We got to get Nationals. back. The Nationals. Nationals fans. Nationals fans. And, and, you know, they can say, yeah, we got ours. We got ours. We've traded away every good player we have. <laughs> Um, and the future is, is fairly bleak. That being said, flags do fly forever. You do feel like San Diego State is in good position with Brian Dutcher, hopefully here for the long term. Remember, the other non-Blue Bloods in recent years that have gotten to a Final Four, like um, Virginia Commonwealth and Loyola, Butler got to back-to-back championship games. They've fallen off the map. Its sustainability is even harder than making that first run. And getting harder, too. Yeah. Getting harder by with, the year. With the NIL money, it's getting even tougher. Yeah. Now, a lot of those places lost their coach, you know, to better circuit, you know, more money somewhere else, or the NBA, like Brad Stevens leaving, is, you know, it changes the complexion of a program. You think that maybe this is it? You know, Brian Dutcher going to be here for the rest of his career. You'd like to think that you know he's going to be around and can keep that culture and keep the recruiting and uh, keep everything going. But that's that's never a guarantee going forward. So the Aztecs are lucky that they've found Coach Fisher and Coach Dutcher to establish that as you know, Coach Fisher, twenty four years and counting. You can't snap your fingers and create no, culture. You can't. You you have to do it brick by brick over a long period of time, which is why when we say, oh, the Padres need to hire the right manager to create the right culture, and then they need to be patient, and they need to give him time to you know do what he needs to do. And In pro sports, you rarely are given that kind of time to build what you really need to build for long-term success. Yeah, Fisher said 24 years. AJ's been here almost 10, so yep. we've got about 14, 15 Four, more 14, years. 14, 15 Padres, years. World Series champions, we'll the 20, 30, you, you, you laugh, but... Coach Fisher arrived in 1999. They won their first tournament game in 2011, I believe. Or 20, was it 2010 or 2011? So yeah, it took over a decade. There was some. There was a couple of nights they got to the tournament once or twice. There was step forward, a couple, no, a step back like here and there. 2009, they beat Tennessee, I think, didn't they? Um, the first one was when I got run over by the car. So <laughs> I think that was. That was literally their first tournament win. It was Kawhi. It was 20, I want to say 2010. But it's, I mean, you, 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 you laugh. But, yeah, they made the tournament in 2004, and they got, they got run off the table by Illinois, I think it was. And then they didn't make it for a couple more years. It wasn't, it wasn't easy at the beginning. It took a lot of hard work building that program to what it is today. You don't have that time in in, in the pros, pros, you don't. You just don't. I mean, AJ apparently does, but others, <laughs> no others one else don't. does. All right, we got an hour to go. Uh, we got a great baseball guest coming up next. He is at the general manager's meetings in Scottsdale. 
friend Jesse Rogers from ESPN was covering yesterday's Craig Council bombshell with the Cubs. Get to that coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.